it's been so nice because we've been so divinely guided with this. And I feel like every woman has that opportunity to be divinely guided. And just knowing it took me eight years and trying a hundred different things to be at the point where I have this guidance and I have this support. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, and welcome back to the Good Life Coach Podcast. If you are new to the show, welcome. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope that you benefit from the information from these episodes. Now, I believe that podcasts are where it's at. It's an opportunity to drop into somebody's world and see what resonates for you, what you want more of in your own life. And as you know, if you've listened to the show, I go deep with my guests, and there's always tangible tips that you can implement in your life immediately. So for today's interview, I'm so excited to be sharing this conversation as we're talking about the power of your voice, authenticity, going for what's in your heart and creating something of meaning, which is exactly what the guests today have done. Joining us are Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek, who are two beautiful souls inside and out. And I really admire the way that they show up in the world and share so authentically and with such heart. And they do so on their top 50 rated podcast called Almost 30, which has over 12 million downloads in just three years, which is a huge accomplishment. So in addition to hearing their startup journey, we cover intuition, authenticity, the power of voice, mindset, and so much more. I know you're going to love today's conversation, so let's get into the show. Hey, Krista and Lindsay, welcome to the show. I'm so happy you're here today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having us, Michelle. Yeah. You guys have a great story. I discovered you a little while ago and have been following, and I'm like, wow, these women are so you're so tuned in to your voices, to your truth, and you're sharing that with your audience. And what you're doing is more about a movement, I feel like, and community than just another show. And I think what you're doing is so great. I have an 11-year-old and I think, gosh, you guys are great mentors for her. I would love for her to be able to look up to women like you. I just feel like, I don't know, I'm just seeing a cycle because I'm, I'm Gen X, I'm 49. And I think a lot of women my age are coming to their own now. I feel like you guys are on a fast track and I feel like her generation is going to be that much more awake. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. The younger generation is so, you know, I'm, I'm envious at times because I feel like the, the resources and the inspiration and the mentorship opportunity is so much greater than when I was young. And, And, you know, when you were young as well, you know, there wasn't, podcasts to listen to people and get inspired and see them as expanders or YouTubes or even Instagram, you know, all of those things can be challenging in a way, but they can also be super inspirational, especially for women as creative people and creative beings to see other opportunities to create a life doing what they love outside of the norm. 
Absolutely. And my book is actually called Design a Life You Love. That's what oh. this is about. This is what it's about. And so, okay, we have two of you on the line. So do me a favor, say your name and just take your time. Yeah, Krista, why don't you start? Because you're like, you're about to start. So you start. Um, introduce yourself and then Lindsay, jump in, please. Yeah, I'm Krista Williams. I'm one half of the podcast. Um, yeah. I'm Lindsay Simsick, and I am the other half. We are co-hosting co-founders of the Almost 30 podcast. So cool. Okay. So you have to take me and the audience into the backstory. How did Almost 30 start? I imagine you had your jobs. I think I read that and at some point you left it. So how did you, were you friends and like get us into the story of how you started? Yeah, we were, we are both working full time and doing some side hustles on the side. I was in the corporate world, you know, as soon as I got out of college, but, um, I found SoulCycle when I was living in New York City and I felt so passionately obsessed with it that I was like, I have to have more. I was so unhappy and unfulfilled in the corporate world. I would go in and, you know, just be miserable all day because I felt like it wasn't a fit, but I didn't know how to express myself outside of that normal paradigm. So when I found SoulCycle, I was like, oh, this is an opportunity for me. You know, I could be an instructor. I could be in, in fitness, in community. I could be seen as a leader. Um, I could be more of myself. So I went at it wholeheartedly and tried to be an instructor. I didn't get it. Um, but through the process, I was introduced to Lindsay. Lindsay was an instructor here living in Los Angeles. And um, eventually I ended up moving to LA. She had been moved out by SoulCycle to LA. And when we met, we were having these conversations about the transitions we were going through that felt really profound and felt like no one was talking about them and no one was talking about the importance of your late 20s as a catalyst for the rest of your life. And now people younger, you know, I would probably move that forward if I could in my early 20s to have that conversation earlier. But we wanted to, you know, bring it public and, and be really vulnerable and authentic about how we were feeling. And for me, it was not getting soul cycle, this calling that I felt like I was so divinely connected to. And for Lindsay, she was going through her own transition. So um, as our friendship grew, you know, we grew and we just started to share very publicly through almost 30. Okay. But to pick up a mic and then start the actual <laughs> podcast, have that conversation is different than you guys chatting with each other saying, hey, okay. we should share what we're feeling. So how did it turn into you two dialoguing to, you know, probably sitting like we all do in our closets when we start? Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. So Chris and I were having these really deep conversations around the transitions we are experiencing related to relationships, um, our bodies, health, um, our purpose really. And so I wasn't having these types of conversations with anyone else. And she came to me one day, she had been a podcast fan and listened to podcasts for a couple of years. And, um, I had really not gotten into it yet. Um, but I had experience, you know, as an actor and performing and I'm always down to create, like, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just like, Oh yeah, I'm totally down. Um, let's see what we can do. And, and she's like, you think we could start a podcast like around these types of conversations? So, um, you know, I think it was the week after not even, and we, we just started recording on our closet floors on like a little recorder, um, suffocating in the closet, not getting enough oxygen, but just having a lot of fun having these, deep conversations, funny conversations, like thinking about our early twenties, like 
just reminiscing and, and connecting the dots to where we are now. And, and so much of the unknown became, um, I don't know, just a little bit lighter, like, because we didn't have to carry it by ourselves. And so Hmm. that's how the podcast started. Really. We launched September 1st, 2016. And soon after, like, just like we had had these conversations, we started to have a conversation with more of a community that started to form. And we just found so much healing and inspiration and in being with one another and supporting one another during this transition and any transition, really, like whether you're going from your twenties to your thirties, forties to fifties, or, you know, you just quit your full-time job and you want to start your own business, or maybe you just got a divorce, or maybe you just got married or having a baby. Like there's so many life transitions that school doesn't prepare us for. So we just wanted to be that resource and support system. This is so great. Um, so you're starting though, a community is developing. What did that look like? Were you just getting DMs? Like were people finding you on social? Like how did you know that there was momentum growing based on you putting your voice out in the world? Yeah, I think like we pretty early on, we were wanting to meet our community in person. Um, so yes, we created a secret Facebook group for people to connect digitally, but we had a gathering in our friend's backyard Mm -hmm. and that was like our first, our first like touch point, um, Mm -hmm. to meet people. We had a soul cycle ride, I think soon after that, where, you know, listeners could come and connect, but it was pretty apparent early on that, you know, connecting with people in real life was going to be important to our growth. Yeah. I think, I, I think personally, I was so focused on the intention of what we were doing that mm-hmm. like, I didn't really think about the community forming, but knew that I wanted to bring women together to support mm-hmm. one another during these times. So whether that was a free gathering for women in, in my friend's backyard, or whether that was like the free soul cycle rides, we just knew that we wanted to like connect with people in that way. So even if no one showed up, that was like our intention that we put out in the world. Mm. And, you know, I, I remember vividly the first time that a woman of our community, her name is Jordan. She's been, you know, a listener for a long time. We know her personally. And she wrote a blog post about one of our episodes that like really impacted her. And this was like our fourth mm. or fifth episode. And I remember sitting on my bed in our apartment and I was just like crying. Cause I, I, that's when a moment hit me where I was like, Oh, I've just shown up vulnerably and authentically. And this is really impactful for this one person. Like this feels like enough for me. And so it was like that focus on like the only reaching one person in a deep way that has always really mattered. Mm -hmm. And that has always been something that I've been in my life where I go very deep with people rather than like surface. So to do that with the podcast and really focus on the impact you can make on one person has been like really the goal. And that's so beautiful. And I think that's how we all should be approaching it with the podcast, right? Or the newsletter or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, if this reaches one person and helps that one person, but your one person turned into what, 12 million downloads in like <laughs> what, three years. So take take us through the progression of almost 30 as a community. So you're starting to do these events and then the downloads are growing. Like, what did that look like? And how did that impact you guys personally, knowing that it was resonating so deeply? Yeah, I think, you know, we weren't so focused on the numbers and I don't know if we've ever been like super number Mm -hmm. obsessed. And I think that's 
why we've been able to, to grow and create so freely. Um, because sometimes I think if you create according to the numbers, like there is, there is a limit to what you can create and who you can reach. So yes, we'll always check in with analytics. Like that is important, obviously as a business, but that was not something that we were obsessed with in the beginning. But, um, yeah, we, we started to just follow our intuition as it related to podcast content. So, you know, we really created content that we were interested in and trusted that if we were really honest with ourselves and vulnerable, that it would resonate with people. So, you know, we talked about everything from like body image to meditation, um, to, you know, starting your own business and, and much more. And, people really started to relate because it wasn't as if we were experts in any way. We were bringing on people eventually to the show, but um, we were really learning right along with them. And that's kind of been like one of our, our um, pillars where we don't claim to be the expert of anything, but I think why people connect with us is that it is so relatable. Um, And then we've, from early on, as I said, we just wanted to meet people in person. And we eventually, without anyone telling us to, we went on tour. (laughs) um, (laughs) That was like, that was the most um, fun and inspiring time for for the show. I mean, it, it continues to be, but tour was just so special because one, we planned and created it ourselves um, with our team. So it just felt very organic and real and grounded. Um, and then to be able to talk to people after the show and hear from them that this episode impacted their life or this guest really made a mark. So it just continued to inspire what we do. And now with what's going on in the world, you know, we're pivoting again and just seeing how we can serve as many people as possible in the most like authentic way possible. And we're going, you know, obviously more digital because we can't see people in person. But um, I think, you know, the last thing I'll say is that we've just always served almost 30 as an entity, like just kind of thinking about it as if she found us and Mm -hmm. that, that kind of takes the pressure off of us as individuals where we can just say in times where we're like, I don't know what to do. Okay. Like, what does she want? What would she do? And that's been really helpful. That's beautiful. Chris, is there something you'd say to that too? Yeah. I think, you know, just doing it before you're ready, you know, do just putting yourself out there and we did everything before we were ready. We did events before people wanted us to, we did, the podcast when no one asked, you know, just because we were like intuitively called to that. So I think that was like a huge, huge part of it. And I think, you know, for the community building, Lindsay and I as like two female friends is like a huge part of our success because women are craving those female friendships that they feel like they can count on and they can lean on, they can trust. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it wouldn't be as successful if it was just me speaking to an audience. Cause like our friendship is a mirror for the friendships that we have within our community community. So I think that's also a really important piece. Yeah, no, that is important. And actually in, as a Gen X, or I can, I mean, those mm-hmm. that community, that connection with other women, yeah. it's like, doesn't matter what age you're at. And even my daughter's 11, like, I feel like those female friendships are so critical yeah. and it starts young, but then, you know, it, can go through its path and 
the age that you're at, that I'm at, you know, you're still navigating it, but you needing that, that bond. And it's more important than ever now. I mean, just connecting, we're doing a Zoom interview. This is the first time I've done Zoom versus Skype. I didn't even see my last guest. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is so nice. Actually, wow. I might be converting to Zoom because I'm loving this, but um, you're, you're speaking your vulnerability and your truth was by having that audience was like a mirror back to you that people were saying, thank you that they were saying, yes, you're speaking what I'm thinking, but I haven't had the courage or I haven't had the opportunity to have this and you're doing it for me. And so there's probably women listening in their cars or wherever they're listening going, oh yeah, yeah, Christy, yeah, Lindsay, yeah, that's just what I was thinking. And so like, that's so deeply powerful. And those numbers, even if they weren't like what you were going for, showed that your intuition, which I heard you both talk about now, was really matching where what the need was. That's the success story right there, right? I mean, but so did you guys quit your jobs at some point to do this full time? It sounds like you did. Yeah, so we were two two years in um, and I quit my job in June of last year or June of the year before. And then Lindsay quit hers like six or so months later. So eventually we both quit our full-time jobs. But yeah, we were building it, you know, working full-time jobs. I was in the corporate world for eight years. Um, and yeah, it was like full on weekends, full on night, even at work, I would do stuff for the podcast and it took on a life of its own. And I knew that I wanted to get out of my job, but it was really like a mental game for me to understand that I could support myself doing what I love. So a lot of it was like the mental conversation and, you know, groundedly the the preparation financially to do so and to feel comfortable and confident. And I think people don't talk about that enough, but I saved tons of money in case everything went to shit. So I think that there's like the, the unprogramming you have to do to believe that you can be doing something you love full time. But then there's also like the actual logistics and planning of what it takes to like take your business full time. So yeah, you know, we were doing it full time with jobs and now we have this full time, which has been such a dream. I can imagine it's the, it is the dream. So what advice would you give to someone out there who's thinking, I, gosh, I really want to make this kind of a meaningful impact. What would you say to that, that woman out there? Yeah. I mean, a few things. I think the first is, you know, the most we learned was in doing. So I think a lot of us can live in our heads when we want to put something out into the world. And, um, in that space, there's not a lot of like heart feedback. You're just kind of like ping-ponging in your head. And so like, if you can every single day do one thing, it can be small in the direction of bringing that thing to life. Um, that is possible, you know, whether it's making a list, writing that email, or, um, even just dedicating like an hour to, ideating, maybe it's like outlining your first episode if podcasting is the thing, right? Like I just think those small steps, um, turn into what will be something that like lives in the world. And we learned that early on. Um, and then I would also say, you know, it's the world we live in now with social media, with, you know, having people to look up to in that way is kind of a double-edged sword because it's very useful at times, but then you have to leave the possibility that what you are doing 
could be something totally new. So if there's parts of their blueprint that really resonate with you and that can get you on the right track, awesome. But I think I'm speaking from my own experience that sometimes trips me up because I'm then in a constant comparison game of like, well, I didn't have as many people as they did, or I didn't do it like they did. And, and so I just like caution people in that way where what you might be doing and the idea that you have and the mission that you um, want to start might like could never have been done before. So um, find the freedom in that instead of comparing to, to everyone else. Yeah, no, that's critical. And I think it's interesting because I think, and I, I don't like to generalize at all, but as a Gen Xer, I think culturally to some degree, there's a lot of uh, hesitation to share too much. Like we were sort of raised to like keep things closer to the vest. And it's interesting because in my newsletter today, I shared something that came to me and I swear I was inspired a bit by you two. I have to tell you because Krista, I don't know, one of the things, you both had written something recently, and I was like, oh gosh, they're so just real. I'm like, let me play with this a little bit. Is this just a natural part? And, and, and again, I hate generalizing, but you guys are millennial, right? Is Culturally, do you find that women your age are just more free about sharing, or do they struggle with some of this too? Yeah, I think that the women of our generation definitely share a lot more. I think, you know, we came up and social media was on the, you know, like, we, we grew up in parallel to it. Hmm. And, you know, personally, I've always been someone that shares, I've always been someone that spoke my mind, even when it wasn't appropriate, even when it wasn't comfortable. And I've always been someone that even though I didn't know it, and I didn't know why I was being very honest. I've definitely had had periods of dishonesty for sure. But I've always been someone that was very authentic and true to myself, even when it wasn't super comfortable. So it's definitely something within me you know, and to caveat that it's not always easy to be very honest. It's not always easy to like share the truth or be, you know, authentic or, um, what have you, there are consequences to that. And that can also be experienced, but it's been really beautiful to see the women of our generation share honestly and vulnerably and kind of come together in that way. And, you know, I'll speak for, for, for my family and, and my mom, I see she's older, she's like 60. And within her generation, it's like, there wasn't even an opportunity to share how you feel. You know, there wasn't, um, there wasn't any place to do that. And there wasn't any connection to that. And it's just heartbreaking to see the ways in which that has impacted her life today. Um, but I will say, you know, for those that aren't as comfortable and are new to it, it's a muscle. And I've had times where I've shared and it hasn't been the right time or place, mm. the right person. And that doesn't feel good. You know, that's when you have the vulnerability hangover where you've shared in an unsafe environment. Mm. Um, so for people that want to share more and want to be more authentic, it's like just slowing down and checking in on the intention behind it. Mm. Because there are people that are oversharing online for attention, for likes, for, you know, the wrong intention rather than to feel expressed. Mm. Um, so it's definitely very personal to people, but it has been one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done, you know, to mm. be vulnerable and share, even if it's like awkward has been so fulfilling for me. And to know that it impacts others is the greatest feeling. Yeah. Well, we're all in community together and Lindsay, I know voice is very deeply powerful and something that you have explored. You did a solo episode, which I loved and could relate to on many levels. Um, how do you 
encourage women to use their voice? Like, what's your lens on it? Yeah, um, I'm still learning. I think that's what, like, we kind of have to accept, too, is that, like, it will be an evolution. Um, You don't just, like, kind of wake up one day and have a voice that you're able to use all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned with, you know, the triggers of, you know, things that people told you in childhood or how you grew up, like can definitely affect your voice. Um, just a little backstory. I, I'm a singer. And when I was living in New York, I was working in the bars late at night, all night. Um, most nights a week, I was drinking a lot. I, I wasn't taking care of my body or spirit in any way, shape or form. And, um, I would lose my voice often. Um, soon after that I did find soul cycle while my health kind of cleaned up, I was still using my voice in a way that wasn't supported. Mm. Um, and soon after that, we started the podcast. And if you listen to past episodes or early episodes, you know, the first 20 or so you'll notice my voice sounds very different. And what I started to realize, you know, in my thirties, is that late twenties, early thirties, is that my voice is affected by the, the state of my spirit. So I just had to be very mindful of, you know, what relationships I was engaging in. Was I speaking my truth? Um, was I nourishing my body in a way that really like respected the whole mind, body, spirit connection? Mm. Um, and I, just looking back, I'm, I'm really grateful because I think that awareness has served me in so many other aspects of my life. So, um, my voice will tell me a lot. Sometimes I'll speak and there'll be like a little shake in it and it'll sound kind of shallow and, um, unsure. And Mm -hmm. so that usually calls me to go a little bit deeper into questioning. Okay. So like, did you take care of yourself today? get enough food, water, sleep, all the things. Um, did you ground down before you had this conversation or you went on the podcast? There's just so many beautiful invitations that something like your voice or even just your body as a whole can call you to. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the voice, you know, has just shown me that everyone has a very unique resonance that, if they want to share with the world that it will reach the people that it's supposed to reach. You know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate. If they hear a certain voice, it can make them feel a certain way, right? And a message can land on them and then they'll hear another voice and they might be saying the same message, but they don't relate completely because of the resonance. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just, it's a, it's a journey I'm still on. We're still on. But I wanted to bring that up to our community, especially because I feel like women, and this is a generalization, but women are taught, I was taught to be polite. And, you know, I still notice sometimes I'll be on the phone. I'm like, hi, how are you? Like, how's everything going? And like, I turn into (laughs) someone totally different. Um, So I just, I don't beat myself up over it. I just start to notice like the, how we were trained to speak and not speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm excited for women to get to know their voices, just be a bit more free and wild with their voices. Um, especially during this time, I feel like we're just moving into more of that, like 
feminine, feminine energy. Mm -hmm, completely. I love what you both shared. So how do you collaborate? I mean, cause you know, when you're doing something yourself, you basically check in with yourself, like, yeah, I'm going to do this or, but how do you decide, you know, what's next? How do you guys work together? Cause that's a beautiful thing. Cause a lot of women want that, that partnership and be able to grow something, but it's not always easy to do depending on personalities. Yeah, I think we're just checking in, you know, with our own intuition and then coming together with, you know, those intuitive hits. And it's been so nice because we've been so divinely guided with this. And I feel like every woman has that opportunity to be divinely guided. And just knowing it took me eight years and trying a hundred different things to be at the point where I have this guidance and I have this support. And it's working, you know, I've always had it, but it hasn't worked a lot. So um, it really is like our intuitive hits and then checking in, you know, with one another, with what we're inspired to do, what the community is calling for us to do, um, what is the support that is needed and how we can best serve. Um, the service aspect is super important for people to think about, you know, servicing their customer, their client, their community is really where it's at and understanding like what they need the most. And I often just think about what I need the most, like what would I like right now? What would feel good for me? What would really support me or nourish me during this time? And then, you know, trying to tap in and create from there. Yeah, I think we've all had experiences where we didn't listen to our intuition and paid the price for it. So I'm curious with each of you, if you could share, how does your intuition speak to you? Because I think we all kind of get it in a different way. And what do you actively do to tap into it? Like, is it a journaling process? Is it a meditation? What What do you do to foster that connection? Yeah, um, lately, like my intuitive hits have been like physical. So mm. I'll kind of know in my body, um, whether it's goosebumps or kind of a bad feeling and I feel it right away, like in my stomach or I get lightheaded. Mm -hmm. Um, so my body has been telling me, um, you know, the direction to go and where to dig in. And then from there, um, I've been writing a lot lately, which feels good. Mm -hmm. I've been super resistant to writing in the past, but especially during this time, I think just like this more space, I've felt like the freedom to do that. Um, and so I just, I ask a question normally. So if it could simply be like, what is this feeling? Mm. And then um, I just kind of get out of the way, like get my head out of the way and write from my heart or just call my higher self in. And I usually get a pretty interesting answer. Yeah. And it's always loving, don't you find? Yes. always. <laughs> That's no. how I feel like, you know, and what about you, Krista? Um, mine is just a knowing and it's like, uh, there's no delay to the doing. It's just kind of like it is. So it's tapping into like what is, and I think that's really been honed in for me meditating for nine years now, eight, nine years now. Wow. I think that I started meditating after having, you know, an episode of really bad anxiety and depression. And that mm. was caused by me not listening to my intuition. You know, I was shutting down the connection between my heart for so long and I wasn't listening to my intuition that I had such bad anxiety and I was so deeply unhappy mm -hmm. um, as the only way to wake myself up. So I will also check in with that if I'm feeling a little 
out of sorts, if I'm feeling a little anxious, like what is that? What am I not attending to that needs attention? And how can I, you know, further support? But the intuition thing, it's like everyone has it, but I believe it truly is like a muscle, like being authentic and sharing. You really have to work at it to connect to it because it can be lost, you know, as a survival mechanism, especially for people that are working in jobs they hate and relationships mm-hmm. they hate living in places they hate, you know, why would your intuition want to keep continuing to tell you every single day to change, to get out, to move, you know, when you're not listening, it's, it's kind of something that comes and goes. And, but the nourishment of that relationship is one of the most beautiful that you could ever have. Completely, completely. And I think, like you said, it's like a, it is a muscle and it's a trust that has to be built. And it's one that I know that uh, when I connect, I really connect, but there's sometimes resistance and I don't know why, because that's where all the good stuff is, um, but it's like, we just, and you have to do something. You have to be like, oh yeah, shoot. Now I have to, <laughs> now I have to do the thing it's been telling me to do. So sometimes it's like, I don't have time. I'm on Instagram. I don't want to listen. Right. Or it'll say something like slow down and you're like, yeah. I'm not doing enough. Don't tell me to slow down. Like exactly. I've got stuff to do. That's I'll so put that on my to-do list. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I'll add that to the bottom of my list. Um, uh, so mindset. So a lot of the female entrepreneurs I interview are like six, seven figure entrepreneurs, you know, mindset is critical anyway for any type of success. And we all get to define what success looks like for ourselves. How does mindset play into your, the work that you're doing and fostering your own version and vision of success? It's a big question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it is, but you know, just character. No, trait. it's a great no, question. Trait. It's a great oh, question. Okay. I'll thoughtful. give you the pause. Yeah. We just want to make sure, you know, it's an important question. Important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Question. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really gone back to basics when it comes to mindset. Um, I think lately I've just with the time and space and kind of more quiet, I've noticed the thoughts that are gaining momentum that I don't necessarily want to gain momentum and produce an experience. (laughs) Um, So I've just been really mindful, especially at the beginning of my day to um, choose, choose the good thought, you know, like I could wake up and say, Oh shit, I forgot to send that email or can't wait to send that email today. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful out today. Like I'm so happy I live here in LA on the West side near the ocean, you know, just allowing the momentum. It sounds cheesy, no, but it, it actually works. Um, Great. So allowing that thought to attract the next thought, the next thought, and just creating an experience that just feels grounded and also um, like lighter, you know, so that no matter what comes my day, my way throughout the day, I'm really able to metabolize it the best I can instead of like having it block me and how I'm like producing, communicating. Um, so yeah, it's really, really basic for me lately. Mm. And Krista? Yeah, I think, you know, mindset is everything. It's like people can try different things, you know, try a different business or, you know, to leave their job or leave their relationship, but it's the mindset that is creating the situations in which people are trying to escape from. So once you are able to fix the mindset, then you're able to fix and change everything. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, your mind creates your reality. So once you have the mindset, you can create the reality that you wish to live in. So I think for me, the mindset thing, again, has to be with meditation, you know, the ability to slow down your thoughts enough to unidentify yourself with those thoughts that have been controlling your life up until that point. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and people can, it's so nice now, people have so many tools and resources to help improve their mindset through podcasts, through meditation apps, through um, mantras they can listen to on YouTube. So all the resources are there for people, but I think starting there is like the key to everything, you know, and that's something you can do at no cost. That's something that will improve every area of your life. That's something will inevitably lead you to success. If it's not leaving the job, it's feeling better in the job. So I think focus on mindset for people through starting with meditation as the most basic from, from my perspective is incredible. That's awesome. Um, I'm curious, you're both uh, early 30s? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So as CEOs, which isn't the case for everyone out there, but um, have you hired mentors or coaches to guide you? Because I think, you know, as women, we often look for those female mentors and I know I never had that. I always had male mentors. Yeah. I'm just curious what you're doing now or, you know, are you looking, do you go within or do you still go without too and look for people to guide you as well? I think I was hesitant to get coaches because I have like an authority complex a little bit. I don't, I don't like, I don't trust authority. I don't like to listen to anyone. It took me so long (laughs) to get a therapist because I didn't trust that they were going to like mind control me. And so that was like the same with, with coaches. I was like, what would be the benefit that they're going to help me? You know, I, that's kind of like my rebel mentality, you know, egoic for sure. Um, so I didn't see necessarily see ways in which we could leverage a coach until, um, we found our coach, Aaron Rose, who started out as a diversity and inclusion coach for us to make sure that we were speaking to the right people. We were being inclusive of all people. We were being thoughtful about our content. We were making sure we were creating the impression that we wanted on our audience. And now it's transitioned to an overall mindset coach for Lindsay and I, a relationship coach for us, a um, uh, strategy coach for the business and has been profoundly transformational for the both of us. You know, I, I get it now. I, I didn't get it before and I really, really get it now. And it wasn't that I didn't feel like I could learn from anyone, but it was like, I didn't really trust people to understand, to teach in the way that I wanted to be taught, to have the spirituality aspect of it too, which is so important for us. So mm-hmm. Aaron is incredibly grounded, but also very spiritual and very like otherworldly. So it's very supportive for us because he can speak our language very clearly. And since having him as a coach, it's he's helped us navigate some huge transitions within our business. And now I'm seeking, you know, coaching everywhere. I'm like, okay, now I get it. Like I'm ready to, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to continue to be a student um, and learn from people that I, that I deeply trust. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it can be hard to find that right match for sure. For sure. That's what I was scared of. I'm like, yeah, I just, it's hard to find that match. And it it, is, I guess my hesitation too, is like the time it takes to find a coach. Like I was like, we were lucky in, in finding Aaron Mm -hmm. so soon, but you know, thinking about like, okay, so we have to try out this coach and then yeah. it doesn't work and then try on another one. And then and I would feel bad. I feel <laughs> bad being like, sorry, you know, like it would make me feel sad to tell someone that I didn't want to work with them. You yeah. know, they probably don't care. It's like that whole thing too. Right. 
And it's a financial commitment because I've had hit or miss too. And it's like, oh man, I just spent all that money and I'm no better off. But from every woman that I've interviewed who's really excelled and really hit yeah. you know, the mark that she was going for has had the community and the coaching. Yeah. They all have. They all have. Right. So that was curious. But yeah, the trust factor is huge, huge. Um, so before we wrap up, just a couple of quick more questions. Where are you guys going with Almost 30 in your community and the movement. Where, where, what's the vision that you have? Um, it's ever evolving, which is really cool. Right now, um, in this moment, we are really directing our attention, resources, love, and energy to um, creating more resources online for people. Hmm. So, um, you know, digital offerings, whether it's our um, new paradigm digital workshop series that we've begun. Hmm. Um, or we have a program coming out called Inner Peace mm. um, and, and many more. So we just want to make this as accessible as possible to people um, and just, you know, give them the tools, resources, support that has really helped us to navigate um, a lot of different feelings, situations, and transitions. Mm. So that's kind of where our focus is now. Obviously, we had to reschedule a lot of things, right. You know, that were happening at this time, including tour and retreat Uh, and mm, it's okay. You know, like pivoting quite quickly and trusting that it'll be the perfect time when it, when it does happen. Yeah. And that's why you guys are so great. I mean, that's the whole idea is to be able to sort of ride the waves of life because so much is not within our control and we only can control what we can. And so that's where we need to focus the energy. So that's exciting. Um, Do you have rituals, routines, habits that you do to foster your success? You know, morning, evening kind of thing that you like to put into place to keep you grounded and connected? Yeah, my, I have to say the meditation has been huge for me. And then um, implementing gratitude practice, mm. another basic one, but you know, every morning in my journal, it is writing the three to five gratitudes so that I can just really center and ground. But the important part of, of all of that is really the commitment to the ritual of it. You know, doing that once a month or once a year isn't going to get you any results. It's really important that if you're praying, if you're meditating, if you're um, doing these things that you're doing them repeatedly to see any benefit. So mm-hmm. although the practices that I have are small and, and mostly free, it's just important that I've done them, you know, over time. Mm. What about you, Lindsay? Um, yeah, something I've been doing lately, um, is just allowing myself to be creative for the sake of being creative. And that feels like a meditative practice, whether Mm. it's drawing or singing or whatever it is really, like I just make time to do it and allow whatever comes through to come through and just kind of like let it go then, you know, it's Mm. never like, okay, I got to make this perfect and then put it out and do this. It's just like it it just feels like a, a flush to me. Mm. Um, and then it influences the rest of my day. So beautiful. I love that. Um, okay. So can you leave the women listening? And I don't know if you each want to go on this with your three best tips on living a good life. Three tips that come to mind. Uh, you know, I think that I am, I am able to serve people if I take care of myself, you know, and that, 
means taking care of my mind, body, spirit. So that could look very different for each person. But for me, that's making sure I'm moving every day. That's making sure I'm like nourishing myself with really clean, good food, getting enough water and like tons of sleep. Um, (laughs) And then just like listening to myself, you know, like always checking in with me um, is important. Um, You know, surrounding yourself with people who you know, see your light and support your light doesn't mean they're always going to agree with you, but just cultivating that community that just like feeds your spirit. Um, and knowing that you have the right to maybe create boundaries with people that, that don't. Mm -hmm. And then third is, you know, really practicing, um, being unafraid to express yourself and expressing for just the sake of expressing rather than so fixated on the end result. Um, that feels really, really good for me. And Krista. I think, yeah, just to piggyback off of Lindsay's first one, I think the, the diet piece is like so important, you know, not a diet per se, but just getting the nutrition right so that you have this foundational ability for your body to like balance your hormones, Mm -hmm. to um, make sure that all your neurons are firing firing appropriately and that you're sharp and you have energy and you feel balanced. You know, I think that's so underrated and I didn't really understand the correlation when I Mm -hmm. first started the whole entrepreneur thing to the importance of nourishing myself so that I could be mentally ready for the day and I could be mentally calm or mentally prepared for everything. So I think nutrition is huge. Um, And then I also would say that it's like defining what would feel like a good day for you. You know, I think people can Mm. say they want to live a good life, but a lot of them don't know what that means. And I think it looks very different for, for many people, you know, it could be living on an Island. It could be living with family, whatever that is. I think people need to get clear on what that means so that they can actually work towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say to like live a good life that it is an effort. You know, I really think that like working for however many years to like change my mindset has been, if I would have told myself when I was 24, 25, like you're going to be working at this for years and years, I would be like, Oh my gosh, no. You know, I'd be like, Oh no, 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 no. That's not happening overnight. I don't want it. Where's the pill. And, but it's been so interesting and fun and to make it fun, you know, to make your pursuit of living a good life fun is something that I need to tell myself to do very often because I get very caught up in like the minutia of, um, you know, how hard the work can be, but keeping it light and keeping it fun would also be, you know, something that people could really aspire to do. Mm, you guys are so wonderful. I can't wait to like, just continue to follow oh, this your is journey and where you're going to go. Um, your daughter's so lucky to have such a insightful and introspective oh. mom, you know, that is like such a, so huge, you know, mm-hmm. you're fostering the children that are going to be changing the world. So she's so lucky. Mm, thank you. That's so, so kind. She's such a soulful little girl. Oh. She is my teacher. Like, I feel like that's part of the beauty of becoming a parent is yeah. that your child is actually your greatest teacher. Yeah. And so, but where can I direct people to learn more about you amazing women? Where can I send them? Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Um, you can listen to Almost 30 Podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, at any age. At any age. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Spotify, et cetera. 
Um, our website is almost30podcast.com. That's where you'll find um, programs and courses and digital workshops and uh, lots of lots of fun things. And then we're on Instagram at almost30podcast. And I'm at Lindsay Simsic. And I'm at it's Krista. And this has been so nourishing. Thank yeah. you so much. You oh, are so thanks. special. And to know someone as in touch and kind as you listens is such a treat. Yeah. Thank oh, you. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you thanks, so much. Man. This is Michelle Lamoureux, and you've been listening to the Good Life Coach Podcast. So I want to let you know that I have a free gift for you if you're interested. I've been thinking of how uncertain things are and wanted to do something a little extra and want to give you a copy of my book. It's called Design a Life You Love, A Woman's Guide to Living a Happier and More Fulfilled Life. And I usually sell it on Amazon for $10, but you can download for the month of April a free copy. It covers life love, work, body, relationships, and simplicity. And the intention behind it is to help you live your life with greater purpose and clarity, make loving yourself and your body a priority, have a career and relationships that you love, and incorporate simple pleasures for greater joy. So that's what the book covers. There's a lot of great exercises with each inspiration. And I hope that you find it helpful. Again, you can find it over at thegoodlifecoach.com. You'll see the sign up right on the homepage and you can get your copy today. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend and to subscribe now on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. While you're there, please take a second to review the show so I know what's resonating with you. It means the world to me to know that you've taken a minute to share your feedback and I read every review that's posted. So thanks as always for tuning in. If you want additional inspiration and tips, come on over and visit me on Instagram. You can find me at Michelle with one L underscore Lamoureux. Thanks so much. And I'll look forward to reconnecting with you soon. Bye for now.